When I was in eighth grade, I wanted nothing more than to play high school football. Now, I love the sport, but just as much, it was as important to me to wear the uniform. <laughs> At that point in my life, 13, wearing a St. Anthony Trojans football uniform was the essence of cool. It was fitting in, it was being part of something. And I really wanted that in my life, because until this point, I hadn't really felt like I fit in anywhere. Now, as Lauren said, I grew up in Hawaii, I was very, very lucky for that. But the Hawaii I grew up in, in the late 70s, early 80s, is not the one you go to vacation on. It wasn't sandy beaches and blue hours and dancing girls. And it, was, it was a little different. I was a curly-haired, bleach-blonde, white kid, going to school with Asians and Polynesians and dark-skinned, straight, black-haired kids who didn't really want to have anything to do with me, if you will. I was a hippie. <laughs> my family were hippies. My parents moved there in the late 70s to get as far away from America as they possibly could. And at that point in time, you could actually do that in Hawaii. I mean, there were three stoplights on the island. The airport was a one-room building with a banyan tree growing out of the middle of it. it was, there was a slow pace of life at this point in time. When I was six, we bought a piece of land out in the country half a mile down a dirt road, old run-down house, no electricity, no telephone, we had an outhouse, we had running water, cold only, and that was how I grew up. It was, we'd walk half a mile, my sister and I would, up to the road to catch the bus to school. There was one family that lived down that dirt road. They were Hawaiians, and they wanted nothing to do with us. Now, down an alternate dirt road in the same area, there were some white families. They were surfers, and we found out pretty quickly we wanted nothing to do with them. <laughs> we got picked up on the way to the bus stop. Uh, my sister especially, she was brilliant, she was older, just smart as they come. And it was very similar at school. We'd get there, we were the only white, bleached blonde fro kids around, we were the only vegetarians. With a little brown bag lunches, and everyone's eating cafeteria food. And um, my sister got singled out very quickly as, this is the kind of kid you all should be. Do your work like her. She didn't make many friends. Um, she got picked on even more than me. After a couple of years, my parents pulled us out of public school and sent us to a Catholic school. It was downtown, it was a 45-minute drive each way. It was quite a commitment for them, but they felt it was worth it. And being a kid, I just wanted to stay with what I knew, even though it wasn't optimal, and they insisted I go and sit in at St. Anthony for a day in, in second grade. And they never, ever let me forget what I said at the end of that day. I could hear the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to St. Anthony. And now, not only was I one of the few white kids with bleach blonde, curly hair, vegetarian, but I was also one of the few non-Catholics. So, as boys do, I did whatever I could to fit in, tried to. 
I found out very quickly that what the kids did at St. Anthony was they played football. Now, I knew nothing about football. I was a soccer kid. It made no sense to me. I just didn't get it. And that probably added to the sense of not feeling part of it. Um, until the night in fourth grade, I had a sleepover. Uh, Jonah Zibiak, that was my friend's name. And we watched a football game that night. Well, actually, he fell asleep. I stayed up and I watched this football game on his nine-inch black-and-white portable TV. It was Los Angeles Rams and the Chicago Bears. And it was a tight game. It came down to the wire. And I was actually into it. I was like, God, this is, this is interesting. And uh, the, the Rams ended up winning. It was the only game the Bears lost all season. They went and won the Super Bowl. And About a week after this, I was talking with my grandfather on the phone. And... His house in Los Angeles was really the only place I ever had any exposure to football because it was always on, and it didn't make any sense to me there either. But I told him, Grandpa, I watched a football game. I started telling him about it, told him the Rams, how they won it, and he says, I know, I was there. And then he starts explaining to me that he was a statistician for the Los Angeles Rams. And after that, we kind of had a bond. He sent me all this football stuff in the mail, and I didn't like the Rams, so I didn't really get a lot out of it, but we had a connection, and next time I was in Los Angeles over the summer, he took me to a football game, he brought me up into the box, and I got to see where he worked, and um, after that, I was just all about football. I learned how to play, we played at recess. By the time I was in fifth grade, I was getting picked along with the sixth graders, because they knew that they could count on me to catch the ball. And that was really what it was about for me. It was catching the ball and running away from everyone trying to tackle. <laughs> and I just, I saw, I saw it as a way that I could really be a part of something. Terry already had a little bit of respect from the upper schoolers. If I could make that football team, if I could wear the uniform, I was going to be the star wide receiver and score the winning touchdown in the not the playoffs, because St. Anthony just absolutely blew it. <laughs> if we could win a game, if I could win a game for that team, that would have been good. And by this point, my sister is in high school. She is playing trumpet in the band, so we had to go to every game. I got to go to the games, and I saw the upperclassmen coming off the field, all hot and sweaty, and getting lays and hugs and kisses from the girls. And I thought, yeah, all right, that's going to be me. <laughs> and uh, came eighth grade. Near the end of the year, uh, all the eighth grade hopefuls were invited to practice as recruits, and um, I went with them. I vivid, vividly remember the very first time we all lined up, quarterbacks to get the ball, and I was out. I was a wide receiver, and it was just a very a practice, you know, the very first play we ever tried. And I was just going to run a short slant across the field, in the middle of the field. The ball hit me in the knees. I didn't even see him throw it. Bounced off my knees, and then the defender knocked me on my ass. So, all right, welcome to football. <laughs> well, at the end of the practice, coach called us all over, all the recruits, and gave us a pep talk, and told us he wanted us to hit the weight room, me especially. <laughs> get in as good shape as possible so that we'd already be ready and in shape for summer camp. 
Now this was the first I'd heard about summer camp. It turned out that all the football players had to spend the last two to three weeks of summer vacation at school, on campus, <laughs> practicing football, sleeping in the gym, and eating cafeteria food. Now let me tell you a little something about vegetarianism. Because <laughs> I grew up entirely vegetarian. I did not eat a piece of meat. To that point, at 13, trying out for football, I had not eaten a piece of meat in my life. I, now, I don't have anything ideologically against eating meat. Never have. I simply had never tried it. Never desired to. And the, the smell, the sight of it, it, it turned me off. So I just had no desire to ever try meat. But I tell you what, if I was going to try meat, it would not be cafeteria. <laughs> We're talking spam here. We're talking white rice scoop with an ice cream scoop and a token serving of soggy vegetables. There was absolutely no way I could eat that for lunch, let alone three meals a day for two to three weeks. So I had a little bit of a problem. How was I going to play football without eating meat? I couldn't bring my own food to the camp. This is 45 minutes away from home. My parents weren't going to bring it to me. I couldn't cook. cook anything. <laughs> I, I really didn't know what to do at this point. And uh, my parents thought I was absolutely crazy. They, to play football, this is, you know. I'm not big. I'm this sensitive hippie kid. <laughs> football. Anyway, I was pretty adamant about this. My sister had already switched schools again to go to a prep academy so that she could get into a good college. My parents wanted me to follow her. And I absolutely refused because I wanted to play football and the prep academy didn't have a team. Then I found out about the camp. And I knew pretty quickly I was absolutely screwed. <laughs> I had been building this football thing up with my classmates and with my school for at least two to three years. I'd been building it up inside of myself. I'd been building it up with my family. And now I knew I absolutely couldn't go to that, that camp. I could not play football. And if I tried to explain this, to the folks at school, I would be a laughing stock. Because, uh, you know, this is the food they're eating. What am I supposed to say? I can't play football because I can't come to summer camp because I can't eat what you're all eating every day. I can't play football because I'm a wuss. <laughs> it seemed a great time to tell everybody that my parents were forcing me to switch schools. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> I never got to wear that yellow St. Anthony Trojans uniform. I never got to catch that winning pass. Uh, but it's okay. It actually worked out really well. I, got, I went to this new school. It was called Seabury Hall. It was as good of a school as our president went to. And um, I made friends. I actually finally found my people in Hawaii. And Kept some of them to this day. One is here in this room today. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever I think back to that uniform, I just remember that it's more important to stay true to yourself, to maintain your own integrity, than it is to change yourself to fit into someone else's version of who you should be. Mm -hmm. <laughs>